Have you heard the saying, proof of mom? Well, proof of mom is typically about the mom behind a camera. The one who suddenly sneaks into a selfie or finally gets someone else to take the picture. So we can have proof that there is the mom. Well, today we're going to have proof of mom in a different way. We're going to hear about the mom behind a movement. Harriet Donnelly is here to talk to us about Flossie and the Beach Cleaners. She's the mom of Flossie, of Flossie and the Beach Cleaners, and the woman who runs the Now Charity. She's going to talk to us about everything that goes with parenting an activist, from first impressions to growing notability, and what it's like to have a child who's trying to change the world. How can we help encourage our kids? How do we promote activism in our homes? How do we enable the kids in our lives to follow passions and make a difference? Let's go ahead and start the conversation. From mom to mum, this is Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchen. Harriet, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So she did a great job. Yeah, no, she's she's very well able for any interviews now, whether it's in front of a, a TV camera or or yeah, radio. She's she's good. Yeah, she was on she was on TV last week, right? Yeah, she was on uh, yeah twice last week. Yeah. Wow, is that strange for you, or has this become normal for you? No, it's become normal. I mean, it, it's it's quite, it is, sorry, on one hand, yes, it is bizarre because, you you know, it's all happened so quickly since she was nine. And once the media kind of got hold of the, this sweet little child cleaning the beaches, doing trying to organize group beach cleans, um, it just kind of it just went a bit crazy, really. People couldn't get enough of her. Local politicians and counselors wanted to hold the baby, kiss the baby. Yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, and I mean, it, it, but the nice thing, um, uh, the, the impressive thing is she she's not phased by it because if she was, obviously, I would as a mother, I would be uh, pulling pulling the whole thing. And and there, you know, there very much was the reason for starting the charity was to take the pressure off her. But Flossie, being Flossie and as determined as she is, is you know very very uh, determined to be as involved with charity as she can be when she's not at school, which is incredibly helpful to me because she is my inspiration. So. You know, um, yeah, she she just she just is able to take stuff very much in her stride with a with a big smiley positive attitude, which is uh, hugely inspiring. I think. Yeah. What do you remember about the beginning and just getting started? I mean, put it this way: I remember exactly when she said we were on holiday um, with my mother in the south of France, just a week away. The three three girls, uh, three generations, and um, we were lying on the beach, and she just said to me, "When we get home, can I start a beach cleaning club?" And I said, "Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea." And um, we got home. I didn't really make much of it. Next thing, she was making posters on the on the computer and. And putting them up around the area, and um, <clears throat> nobody came to her first beach clean, which was all a bit oh. disappointing. I know myself and her father were there, and um, and then the local councillor heard about her and saw her poster, and and she saw him uh, when we because we all swim every day in the sea locally, and he was down there on it having a photo opportunity himself, hilariously. And so um, I said, look, you know, maybe go and ask him if if he can help or if he'd like to come on a beach clean. So being flossy with absolutely you know fearless, she went up to him in the middle. Of it's photo shoot and said I'm 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 flossy and I, I organize I'd like to organize a beach cleaning club and no one's come along have you got any advice and that was it it took off he did social media 
about this amazing little girl who went up to him and the fact that she has this initiative um, compared to other kids who'd be sitting gaming for hours in front of the TV or, in, you know, on, on a computer. And, um, and that's it. It literally snowballed. It hasn't stopped since then. She's spoken in front of 11,000 children at the first global climate strike at the age of 10. Um, she, as you know, obviously she climate strikes every week. Um, and she she just is just doesn't give up. But the the one thing that I'm immensely proud of is that she does it with with constantly with a positive step, not with uh, an angry and a sense of anger about the, the how you know our generation have let her generation down. And there are so many teenagers that that we see that we know of that are just so angry and they've got a lot of facts and figures crammed into their head and they're very cross the government they cross with world leaders they're cross with big corporates and unfortunately you know being cross gets you nowhere it's it, it leads it leads to climate stress climate fatigue uh, and you know burnout so she has always remained with this very positive attitude that you know and a, a quote that we took from uh, Mary Robinson, who's a very famous environmentalist here, and uh, that was that hope energizes and fear paralyzes. And when you're coming to something, talking about the planet, your planet, your future is going to die, and you won't have a future. You need to be positive. You you know you need to do something to save it, not to be angry about it. So actively beach cleaning, and saving the oceans and marine life and the biosphere, which is a very ma- obviously massive part of the planet is something that's actively helping and and mentally really helps with with climate change and and mentally with with what you go what your thoughts are to do with climate change if you're actively doing something you can at least feel you're you're doing something positive and practical is that just who flossie is or have you somehow encouraged or motivated her to take on this kind of relationship with how she presents herself no that's just who flossie is <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with me <laughs> I have no idea I mean she she literally I mean this the, I think when when Greta when Flossie and Greta connected um I remember I remember when I first heard Greta speak uh on oh god it must have been not not long after I mean a couple of months after she just started doing her her um beach cleaning and um and saying to Flossie, "Wow, there's this young young girl who's just doing speaks so eloquently and and makes climate change understandable i mean that's a lot of problems you know a lot of people talk about you know greenhouse gases emissions carbon emissions i mean we all know the words we know the buzzwords sustainable mm-hmm. overused buzzword i think that ever that can anyone can put in a sentence now um but greta was pitching it to you know when she needed to pitch it to the governments and and the big guys then she was doing it but when she wanted to talk to children you know she she knew how to do it and flossie i know flossie age nine nine and a half nine I don't know she sat and listened to one of Greta's very very long speeches and she said she she said wow she spoke so well which I, I thought was a bright enough thing to say just to listen to someone talk about something that's not you know the Simpsons or child child orientated and Flossie said I really admire her and then mm. that obviously then sparked Flossie up to want to start climate striking because of you know what Greta had had taught her and then, and then Flossie, due to what was happening with her uh, kind of going slightly global on her beach cleaning and this sweet kid in Ireland and what she finds, um, Greta then connected with her as well and started following Flossie too. And, and so, you know, that in itself is such a huge, empowering feeling when you've got someone that you, that you admire so much and, then, and they, they like what you do. I mean, that obviously gives you an impetus to, to carry on. So 
That's a huge boost, yeah. Yeah. So if this is just who Flossie is, then I wonder if you have any advice for any parents listening on how we can encourage activism in our kids, especially young kids. You know, you say Flossie started as early as nine, and I've got little, little ones. I've got two and four. Mm. Do you have any tips? Well, I mean, because we, in the charity, as, as Flossie was saying, you know, we primarily try and due to Flossie's uh, vision, we we educate, we do these education workshops for on plastic pollution. And, and very importantly, we do a, literally only five minutes of the workshop is on climate change. And it's positive. It's all positive purely for the fact you're dealing with, as you say, you've got a two and a four year old, yeah. so, you know, really young kids you know you can turn around in a workshop and say has anyone heard of climate change and if you've got nine-year-olds seven eight nine-year-olds they put their hand up straight away you ask them what you think they think it means they say oh our planet's dying or the planet's too hot um so you know and another question i always ask is anyone scared in fairness there's only ever a couple that say they are scared and and you know the the best thing i think for in, instead of talking about your the planet maybe dying or anything like that especially with little ones your your sort of age you know there's no need for them even to know about it you just know that you teach them naturally at a very young age what you can do to make a difference I'm, i mean unfortunately none of us you know if the whole world got together and we did these small things together it still wouldn't solve climate change that is going to take governments and leaders and corporates that's that's what's going to take climate change and you know listening to the scientists and everything else as greta would say but if you wanted to do for for parents just to start to educate your own child in small ways it's very easy there are simple steps i mean as flossie said obviously there's the, the obvious things like keep cups and reusable water bottles but there's things like becoming a flexitarian no one should be pressured to become a vegan or a vegetarian if you absolutely love meat to the end of the earth but you can become a flexitarian which kids love because it's a buzzword and not everyone knows it and it sounds cool and that means you drop meat from your diet two days a week that is a huge huge change towards climate change individually if you can drop beef altogether even better but if you drop two two days two days a week you become you drop meat that you're a flexitarian that's massive if you can get, I mean, obvious things, a lot of them are obvious, but they really work. They're stress-free, they're pressure-free on kids. Anything like they reuse things, you know, like it can be silly things that, that um, crayons, when crayons break, I mean, it's all little things. You melt down crayons, you can re, you know, you can reuse them into a big crayon. There's lots of little things. It's, it's teaching them how to reuse things instead of a throwaway culture or buy something new. Obviously, we all know about swap shops and, you know, fast fashion is a nightmare. The, I think the most important thing for children to learn is that they don't have to feel their whole world has to change. Cycling more is good. Obviously, you know, not, you you know, electric cars, we know all these things. Great. That's not something a child can do. But yeah, just introducing into their everyday life the way that they are going to live. So recycling, but recycling properly is so, so important. Your clothes, when when something rips, instead of them knowing that mom or dad will go out now and buy a new coat or a new whatever, you sew it and you mend it. Or, you know, if something, you know, you can make something out, some clothes that are broken, you can remake. Again, there's so many different websites and different groups that have set up that that do like show you how to remake clothes or to make things out of stuff. 
Same with toys, huge swap shops on toys. So it's really just um, for, for children, for young children, it's introducing to them as a way of life. And children soak stuff up because it's not a big shock to them because you're the boss, you're the one teaching them. So it's just giving them this is their way of life, the change of life. You know, there's no necessity to take the car to go to the shop when, you know, if it's a five minute, you know, a, a 10 minute walk instead of a three minute drive. It's it's getting them used to this is the new way of life that we're going to get used to, but for them it's going to become a norm. And then climate change, you know, will, as we'd like to hope, will look after itself without it becoming a massive pressure for young children. So it's it's just all about introducing in a positive way what they can do or what parents can do for their for their children uh, and how to uh, help with climate change. But it's you know, I mean, again planting bee friendly garden is really super thing to do and they love it and yeah sustainable is good and even in in my family so we live in an apartment in a city so we're in munich yeah during the kind of lockdown situation of course we needed to do something to entertain ourselves Mm. so we got kind of the flower baskets that sit on a railing yeah do you know what i'm talking about and we put them all along our balcony railing and planted all different flowers and what chives yeah you know and things and when chives bloom with their purple flower the bees love that yeah and we would just go and sit on the little bench on our balcony and watch the bees come and talk about nature with my three-year-old and so yeah, and because we live in a city, we don't use our car that much. We walk or ride our bikes everywhere. Yeah. So that's normal for us. And I I understand, you know, I think about my mom and my brother. They live in the States. They live in Pennsylvania, just south of New York. Yeah. And the U.S. is is a car culture if you're not in one of the major cities. So I think maybe getting on a bike is more difficult it's, I hope you excuse my, my what I'm about to say, but America is America is a is a hard one to change. I mean, that is you're right. The the car, the car culture there is so extreme, and there's the, a lot a lot of work has to be done mm-hmm. in regards to the states because there is there are so many other options. There there isn't a necessity to take the the car all the time, especially in the states. I mean, I know I know it. You know, roads and everything else, but. You know, you look at Germany, look at Holland. We are certainly now as a country, the, now the Green Party working with the government, you know, there are 25 kilometers straight of, of cycling routes that you are safe cycling routes around the city of Dublin. And I heard you're a bit excited about those. <laughs> my one my one cycle trip to a hotel with my husband. <laughs> it's incredible. Now I'm 50 minutes cycle, but I mean, pretty much all cycle trip route to get there was amazing and beautiful. Yeah as well but I mean if, if the state could be just get on board with that kind of thing I mean it would be it would be a huge difference so and for people like you know as you say you live in apartments so many people do and you're you've got your gorgeous like like planters um outside mm-hmm. and, and bee friendly plants in there I mean I mean this is the thing it's it's you don't have to it's there's too much for one person to take on in any shape or form mentally it's just too much so you just do what you can and always speak positively to your children about what can be done instead of oh my god what are we going to do the planet's still dying you know it's constantly trying very hard to just go on the positive route and you know like grow your own vegetables you see you growing your own chives (laughs) (laughs) yeah not much more we're trying you know we tried cucumbers and tomatoes because of course this was like our quarantine yeah you know we didn't do sourdough bread we did a garden 
we weren't 100% successful, but we are geared up to try again in the spring. And um, yeah, we'll we'll try again. My husband and I aren't green thumbs, mm-hmm. as I would say, but we, we do what we can. And my son loves nature. So I think, you know, growing things on the balcony and like today we went for a bike ride out in the forest. These little things in helping him as an almost four-year-old connect to nature and appreciate nature, I think also will inspire him yeah. to want to take care of it. Oh, totally. So if you're close to a forest, I mean, that's that's perfect for you. There's so many things within the forest that your little boy can look for and see, like from tiny, tiny beetles and bugs, you know, I mean, like to, to bizarre caterpillars, to the, to the birds that would seek refuge in the forest, to the type of trees. And I mean, you know, again, perfect for him to understand exactly how how brilliant a tree is to help mm. climate change. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we need the trees, as everybody knows. It's really important. So, so, uh, so, like, helping him understanding that would be super as well. And I'm sure, I'm sure you're already telling him all of this. So, I mean, you, you're in a, a great position, but, but there are lots, there are lots of people who would, you know, they, they aren't and they are stay stuck in an apartment. I'm, I'm from London and, Certain places in London would be a nightmare, certainly in lockdown as well, stuck there and, you know, going to a local park and half of them are locked. And it's hard to stay kind of positive and buoyant. But um, but during lockdown, in fact, just in case in case anybody wants to look on our website, we have got, if you are looking for things to do, Flossie and I during the last lockdown um, in Ireland, which was quite much more intense than this one, we did a sustainable activity every single day and we posted it on social media, which is now up on our website as well, of things you can do. Like just really, really simple things from, um, from uh, well, it's hardest making a seaweed face mask, not easy for everyone, but I mean, <laughs> you can like Google like leaves, grass face masks. We made uh, lip balm. Um, like there's lots and lots of things you can do. We did silly things like um, we decided to recreate a period painting so found a very old painting you know and then we we set the whole room up and posed and took a photo of us as the painting and like there's just there's lots of fun things that do not involve spending money on on new things unless you're spending money to make something you know actually that's going to last for a long time like so lip balm you know that would be like kind of buying wax and coconut oil and stuff like that Another thing like beeswax wraps, we, you know, we haven't had any cling film or I don't know, is it, I can't remember what they call it. It's cling, you know what cling film? Like the, the Saran wrap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why we call it that though. But um, yeah. a bit like it, the, there are things like that, you know, that you introduce again, you know, for your child that it becomes a norm. So instead of, you know, using a cling film as you call it, then, then, you know, you make a beeswax wrap, which is really cool, really fun to make as well. And then they realize it's a, it's a two-way thing. One, you've got something to use for wrapping around your sandwiches or around stuff with the fridge. or And they also realize that they're, they're doing something that's saving the planet. So yeah. you know, there's a double, double-sided double thing to it. It's practical and it's educational. So there's just lots of easy, fun things. Sustainability, sustainable activities are really fun to do. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really good for, for kids to see. And they, they realize it's a way of life. And I think lockdown, in a way, has given us an opportunity to slow down and really see where we can make these small changes, especially if we're stuck at home. You know, considering how often do I buy a to-go cup when for weeks now I've been drinking my coffee out of a regular cup or, you know, reusable containers to take my lunch to work Mm. versus 
going and buying something, especially to go items yeah. to take back to the office. Yeah. You know, and then with being in lockdown or being kind of closer to home, hey, why don't we start a garden so that we have these things and we can learn from them? I think there's a lot of opportunity in these pandemic moments, we could call them. Definitely. To slow down and, and consider what we can do. Yeah. And we don't have to call it climate change activism. We can just call it being a good human. Yeah, no, just a way of life, a new way of life. And there's so many for mental health, you know, especially with the coronavirus, there's so much depression and sadness, understandably, of what's going on. And yeah. things like, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't know how severe lockdown is going to be in Germany right now for us it's it's we've four weeks left of this one and we're on a five kilometer radius and we're not allowed to meet people unless it's a single parent bubble and all that sort of thing so but when that's out and you know obviously the coronavirus is annoyingly going to be with us for a little bit longer then you know gardening getting together and having gardening groups like be friendly gardening groups that that's mm. a good thing so because there are a lot of people who who would be really into say gardening i mean you know you pick your your passion when it comes to climate change zone as Flossie says zone in on it and use it and and find like-minded people i mean that's that's also really good because you can you can talk about it you know to your heart's content because you all have the same passion so there's like lots of little bee um garden like gardening groups that are setting up around the area here and and yeah yeah i mean like beach cleaning we obviously have our little groups that come along it's really zen to beach clean you know actually you feel great after it because you obviously know you've done something good but it's just very relaxing it's it's open air it's fresh air it's good for you and um and for kids, it's treasure hunt, which we always think is hilarious. And, fine. <laughs> and uh, for, for adults, you know, it's, it's also, it's, it's, you can see it just makes a difference. Yeah. And what I like is, you know, Flossie says, zone in on something that you're passionate about and you want to kind of want to do anyways, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And what, I, what I'm connecting through kind of her answers through the interview is that she was inspired because it started with your passion for marine life. And so what I'm hearing is as parents, even if we don't talk about climate action, climate change, sustainability, love that word, by being passionate about something, we can inspire our children to have passions as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I always said to Flossie, I, I mean, I trained as an actress, so which is as far away from marine biology as you like, but I always wanted the idea of being a marine biologist was very to me very cool I thought it would be such an amazing thing but I never thought I was clever enough so and acting just came really naturally so um so I went along that path and you know when Flossie said she wanted to be a marine biologist I kind of said look please only do it because you want to do it not because you know I loved it because you need to follow your passion and what you want to do in your path but she seems to be no matter what on that route, I mean, it, no, obviously in some form of environmentalism, I don't doubt. And yes, definitely. Flossie has been on nearly all of my kind of big, exciting marine environmental uh, scuba diving and, and snorkeling things. So she, I mean, I've scuba dived with lots and lots of different types of sharks with great excitement and, uh, and you know, kind of the really big, big marine guys like manta rays and then and and I mean, Floss herself now, when we were in Gilly um, last year, you know, part of the, the treat of going, we had a film crew with us um, whilst we were in, on, in, on our trip to Indonesia. And it was a lot of intense hard work for Flossie, especially, and uh, 
they thankfully they left us um, on we left them on the mainland and we went off to the Gili Islands just on our own and to go and meet up with the Gili um, Eco Trust and a couple of other conservation trusts on the islands and to have a bit of a break. And we beach cleaned every day. And this is where Gilly is where it's so many turtles, like it's no mm. turtles and they lay their eggs. And and so the the real thing, and I think the most amazing thing for Flossie, other than the Gilly Eco Trust, who are, you should check them out. They're actually incredible. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put a link in the show notes for listeners as well. They are just amazing what they do. Um, but they, so we, we just took a, a day out and I said, let's just go and snorkel with turtles because they make it their, their mission that the turtles in the area literally are in a plastic free as plastic free environment as in they're not swimming in amongst it in the way you'd see um on so many videos and straws stuck up their noses and all that sort of thing so mm. the flossy you know we we dropped in the middle of the ocean took a boat dropped herself in the middle of the ocean and as soon as she was a bit nervous and as soon as i i had my head in the water looking out for them and then i could see she was kind of nervous which is understandable and then as soon as she saw when that was it, she was gone. I couldn't even catch her. She literally took off. She just followed them and she was swimming through shoals of fish. She saw oct- the octopus, like, which I couldn't see because I was too blind. Like she could see a big octopus resting on the rocks down below. I didn't tell her there were sharks in the area. I decided I'd leave that bit out. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, that was it. She was sold. So, I mean, her love for marine life is so deep in, <laughs> deep in the system now at this stage. And yeah. and uh, she'll we'll hopefully, all being good, we'll be scuba diving. She'll go on her first scuba dive next year. That would be lovely. Yeah. Well, other than the obvious global impact that this movement is going to have. What positive impacts has beach cleaning and this climate action had on your family, Flossie, and maybe your relationship with her? All positive. I mean, there's no negative other than the fact that we are no longer allowed to have an open fire in the house. We're not allowed to barbecue. We're not allowed anything that burns anything. And in the winter, you sit there going, I love to have a big open fire. <laughs> and do you have a fireplace? Yeah, we do. <laughs> now we sit there looking at this boring, like, you know, fire, the fireplace that just looks sad and lonely. I mean, Flossie's, Flossie's, um, with 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 her what she's kind of climate activism and and you know climate change and what she's learned and she'll suddenly say oh we can't do this obviously and (laughs) we have an electric car we obviously cycle where we can um as i say we're flexitarian um there's there's you know bamboo toothbrushes we did try and do the shampoo bars and conditioner bars but they're not quite i don't they're quite there yet and it it can you know there's good and bad there's good and bad and all these things um but with yeah, with with what Flossie has done, it's only been positive. To be, yeah. there's no negative. We use as little plastic as we can in the house. I mean, people have to understand. It's again, people say, well, like, you know, they look at you as if you're trying to be holy than thou. We're not. We're just doing what we can. So of course, we still have plastic in the house, but we don't have anything. All the plastic we have in the house would be recyclable, and that's that's just what we have to do. And and it's all small steps. So Flossie has only kind of guided us. And then, you know, we might find something extra. And then she thought it's a great idea. And we change that. Change. <laughs> so so it, not, there's nothing negative. It's all been good. It's all positive. We're, we're delighted. I think yeah. we're giving up, giving up. Uh, I think when the flexitarian thing, I was like, oh, my God, because I mean, we're not going to lie. We love meat. So when I kind of, so the day, always the days that are in a meat-free day, I dream of meat. I literally dream of it for two days. <laughs> But you're saying all we have to do, like even a day or two without meat makes a difference. Huge difference. Really big difference. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you go two days without meat and if you could, I mean, a a lot of people 
I mean, I've, I've given up beef altogether now and, and I thought, you know, I, and purely because I, when you learn the facts of exactly the damage. Uh, yeah, how much water is used just to produce a hamburger. Yeah, how much water, you know, how much land a cow grazes on as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's the methane, as Flossie is <laughs> and sniggering next to me, pointing to. <laughs> um, but the, bur- the as we say in the workshops, the farting, burping cows, you know, that's obviously a problem. But I mean, the grass, there's there's so much that, that goes with it. It's not even just the methane. It's in fact the amount of land that a herd of cows uses. Yeah. That's huge compared to so if you drop if you drop eating beef and you just eat lamb, I mean lamb would still be big, but it's about a third of, of what the cows the cow herd would take up and, and land coverage and then obviously there's the chicken and and the pigs. Well, that's that's different yeah. again, it's smaller still. So I mean you know, no one is saying to you, right, well, to be a good climate change um person you must give up this and you must it, it's too much so you do what you can and do it so we don't need to be vegan we don't need to be vegan although you can try vegan junk food it's delicious vegan. oh yeah no the, the rebel whopper from burger king's delicious <laughs> this is the thing you like you know we're, we're not we're not free you know we're not kind of sitting here and plaiting our hair and, and wearing clothes <laughs> we're we're pretty normal <laughs> you're like user-friendly activism that's exactly it nice friendly. <laughs> well, then I think we can close with maybe kind of the same question I asked Flossie, but I'll ask you, what do you hope for the future of Flossie and the beach cleaners? I hope for our future, for the, for the future of the charity, um, we, we've actually just launched a, a, our fundraiser, which is a, a nudie calendar, which <gasps> scandalous. Is, oh, it's so good. So it's a calendar that is, uh, it's like calendar girls. It's covers, it's ocean pollution that we have collected. Everything you see covering the parts of the people's bodies, <laughs> they look naked, but they're not. Everything <laughs> is from beach cleaning that we've collected over the last couple of years that we I take to workshops and, and volunteers and we show them. So anything from massive pieces of plastic that would just go into a whale's stomach to like massive building signs that say no trespassing which is placed over someone's bum (laughs) but it's all photographed in really beautiful areas in the sea so you know by the beaches where we clean so people get an idea of of you know where we know the beauty of of the Mm. and what is what floats in so for the future of 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 the charity I would love it that we we want to keep connecting to countries on the other side of the world. So we have obviously very good connections now in Indonesia and we keep up with them. We'd like to help fund them, especially when the floods come, which brings extreme amounts of plastic pollution from the mountains and chokes the rivers. Um, so we want to connect more with the people on the other side of the world where the plastic rivers are so that we can connect children from this part of the world and they educate each other as to what they can do to help clean the planet um, we would we would love Flossie and the Beach Cleaners' mission, the positivity of, of our mission to to you know beat plastic and to live a, a a good you know climate change positive life. We'd love to spread that word just literally around the world in in a really nice easy way. So we'll just keep on keep on trucking as they say, and uh, and <laughs> we we get get more people involved and more people in different countries. But all these things take more funding, which we are, are kind of on our mission to do and. And in the meantime, we're just going to keep on with our, our education workshops. We're probably going to put uh, do one online um, and send it to schools if they need if they want it as a as a workshop as well. Now, great. It was nice to hear both sides because I think Flossie and and Harriet, you're experiencing the same thing, but from very different perspectives, even in the same moment. I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The mother, it is interesting. You know, it is her future, and as my grandchildren's future, hopefully, and all that sort of thing, and and the. 
the the real you know you really pray there is a future a proper green future for them and not a planet that's going to be so hot that they it'll be hard to leave their houses well you've inspired me and uh i hope the rain lets up a little bit so you can go out and have some fresh air today yeah i know we'll get out there no matter what i've been a big swim in the sea today so i'm i'm good I'm so jealous. I'm I know, so but like jealous. California sea temperature to Irish sea temperature, like we're looking at 12 degrees that I swim in compared to. <laughs> I never actually, my husband always thought it was funny that I was from California, but I'm not like a swimmer. Wow. I said, well, you don't understand. This is Alaskan water coming down the coast. That's what it's really cold. It's freezing. So you go to the beach, but you don't necessarily swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I miss just the sea air. Yeah. No. Just the smell and the feel. We're looking see right now from from where we are oh stop now you're just trying <laughs> you're like how can i rub it in a little bit more we're such a happy life <laughs> <laughs> thank you ladies so much listen thanks right, a million thank megan you. it's really nice to take thank care bye, bye. a big thank you to harriet for sharing her story and telling us more about her perspective of the Flossie and the Beach Cleaner story. Not only was it nice to chat mom to mom, it was nice to hear more ideas about the ways we can make small changes, what we called user-friendly activism, in our lives to make a positive impact on climate change globally. As Flossie said, you can make these little changes and find something you're passionate about. You don't need to do it all. For more information and all links and resources mentioned, including some extras, go to balancingcultures.com, episode 22. This was Balancing Cultures, and I'm Megan Kitchens.